What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I'm a Dream Mason, a performance coach. I work with strong and successful people to boldly declare what they want, get real about what's in the way, and create the strategy and the steps for more clarity, freedom, and success in their life. Together, we get things done faster, raise the bar on your goals, improve your relationships, and get crystal clear on what you really want. Now, if you haven't already, please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube, and please leave a review on iTunes. Follow me, Inspirational Alex, on Instagram, and share this podcast with a friend. Now, a dream mason is a person who is brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. Now, I know we all have a dream mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason, because your dreams don't build themselves. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching. I won't let anyone sponsor this show, but I've personally done Accomplishment Coaching, their year-long life leadership training program, and it changed my life completely. Besides giving me a new career, it supported me to improve my relationships with my family, my friends, make the most money I've ever made, find more joy, and overall live a much more powerful life. So if you're interested in coaching, transformational work, or leadership training, Accomplishment Coaching is definitely the world's finest training program. Let's get into this episode. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. So today we're doing an impromptu episode. This is pretty cool, but it's also pretty cool because this impromptu episode, uh, I'm sitting here with the first guest of my first podcast. And again, we did not plan to do this. This At was, all. This was not <laughs> totally scheduled. spontaneous. Um, there was a circumstance that happened uh, that impacted both of us. Yep. Um, and it put us together and we went, let's revisit our conversation. Um, so if you've listened to the Dream Mason podcast since the beginning, you remember Peter Scott. Peter Scott was on the fir- the very first episode. I think the very first episode was called uh, fear, uh, like fear to fearlessness. Something like um, that, yeah. Like I said, we're, this is not planned. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're rolling with this and we're going to try to have some fun and create some value. But if you don't know who Peter Scott is, um, I want to introduce him to you. And if you're, uh, we're videoing this episode, so you might see clips, you might be able to watch it. Um, this, you will get multi formats of this. Uh, but Peter Scott, the fourth is the founder of the fearless coach Academy and the author of the number one best-selling book, the fearless mindset, uh, his business coaching, as well as in his, his international retreats, uh, Peter helps coaches and consultants build multi six figure businesses without selling their friends or family. No one wants to do that. <laughs> no, they um, don't. Uh, and his mission, though, more importantly, is to transform humanity's relationship with fear so that anyone can make an impact and earn the money they desire. What's going on, Peter? How are you doing? Alex, it feels good to, ha- to be back, man. Um, I can't believe that we did your first episode. I don't know how long it, ago it was. But January the- or February. It might have been, I think it was January or February of 2018. Okay. Okay. So a year and a half ago about. Um, I'm doing really well. Life is uh, amazing, expanding, growing, evolving. And then with that, there's challenges, of course. Um, 
but yeah, life is really good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I, it's funny. I was thinking about, I'm bearing down on episode 100. Yep. And my original goal was a hundred episodes. That was like, you know, and I wanted it. My vision is bigger than that. Of course. Yeah. But it's like, you got to set a milestone that is scary, but also like possible. Yes. Right. If I set a million episodes to start or yep. do what Tim Ferriss has done, you would kick your own butt. Right? Yeah, for sure. So a million, a uh, hundred episodes was my original goal. So to be bearing down on it, like in the last, you know, third or 25% of that is it's exciting. And it's also scary because in my, my brain is like thinking about how, you know, what's going to go wrong, how yep. I'm going to mess it up, what's what, what not. And I actually been thinking a lot about what do I want episode a hundred to be? Yeah. Right. Like you can't wait and do figure out episode 100. I'm 99 get, yeah. <laughs> for sure. So it's like I'm, I'm close enough, but I'm far enough. Yeah. And I was like, man, what if I brought back in? You know, I thought about you. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what's the significance besides? But I think it's almost like I thought about you and now we're sitting here. Which is awesome. What, uh, one thing I want to say, because I yeah. can totally relate to like that feeling of you're growing, you're growing, you're growing. You have this goal that you're pursuing and then comes in self-doubt or self-sabotage. Right. And this is not something that we're even consciously aware of. It's it's literally part of our our, our human wiring. Um, and it's interesting because as a high achiever, which I experience you are and, and many of my clients are, we are so focused, and I'm sure you can relate to this, to that goal. And it's so important to set that goal. But if we ever get attached to that goal and we, you know, actually neglect or forget the journey that we're on, even when we hit episode 100 or a thousand or, a, you, you know what I mean? We aren't experiencing those emotions of fulfillment or of happiness that, that we really set out to in the beginning. Um, so I love talking about this because I think about the goals that I have in my business or in my relationship or in my health. And as forward focused as we, we get to be, and it's beautiful that we are, it's also super important for you watching this or listening to this to um, reflect back on how far we have come. Like to think about Alex, you've done over 75 episodes, right? Uh, or 70 episodes. 70, 80. Think yeah. about how more comfortable, how much more confident you are now than when you started. And a lot of people think, well, once I feel as confident as Tim Ferriss does, then I'll start my epi my podcast. But re if you remember Tim Ferriss's first episode, he got drunk because he was so nervous of how I didn't, you, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's so amazing. listen to his first episode. It was him and <laughs> Kevin Kelly, one of his buddies, and they literally sat down for three hours, drank like a couple bottles of wine, and got drunk because he was so <laughs> insecure. And now he's got one of the most popular podcasts in the world. So for the listener listening to this, for the person watching this. Um, Yes, let's set goals. Yes, let's let's take action towards that. And let's take moments to slow down and to reflect on how far we've come. So, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> I actually had a moment the other day where I was I was getting like some coaching yep. and I was doing it in a room full of 100 people. So I had volunteered to go in front of 100 people. And most of those I want to say none of the people in the room are coaches. Mm -hmm. They're regular people that were doing personal development work. Yep. And I think me and my cousin who was with me are the only two that are professionals at this. Yep. And I went in front of the room and I was super nervous. And the thing that came up was to your point, what you're talking about, which is the idea that I'm not proud of myself most of the time. 
most of the time I'm like, well, I've done 70 or 80 episodes and now I need to do 20 more. Or mm -hmm. I, you know, uh, I wrote my first book and now I got to write my second. There's mm -hmm. a minute and a half of like, oh my God, that's so cool. And then it's back to what haven't you done enough of? Yeah. Yeah. Which I, before we kind of jump in, I just want to kind of, this is what we want to talk about today. So again, we impromptu created this space and this, this episode and the thing that both Peter and I want to want to shape for you is a conversation about self-doubt, about fear, mm -hmm. about um, the things that get the obstacles that get in our way, but the obstacles that are in our minds yeah. that prevent us from achieving our goals. And if you really want to know Peter's whole story, go back to episode one, um, <laughs> because Peter tells his whole story of how he got here and the things he's overcome. Yeah, I, I can absolutely relate to that feeling of like, you've come so far and yet we're not where we want to be, right? Or we, where we think we should be. Um, it makes me think, Alex, of, uh, have you ever heard of Dan Sullivan from Strate Strategic Coach? A uh, really successful coach. And he talks about how there's two gaps in our life. And he's speaking specifically to high achievers or kind of goal-oriented people. And he says that most high achievers focus on the gap between where they are and where they want to be. And they completely forget about or neglect the gap between where they are and where they first came from. Mm, and yeah. when we focus on the gap in front of us, we feel like we're not enough or we're not where we should be or we're not making the money or having the best, you know, whatever that is. And if we just take a moment to reflect back, it starts creating those feelings of fulfillment, of meaning, of happiness that actually creates the action going forward to be fun and playful and effortless instead of hustling and grinding and pushing and forcing. And that's been my natural state most of my life. Like think about how much we're conditioned to hustle. Think about the influencers of Grant Cardone and Gary Vee and they're awesome. And right. Yeah, it, never ends. it never ends. And yeah. it's like, you're, you, you, you know, we look at this as like a badge of honor and it's not specific to entre entrepreneurs. It could be anyone. Um, so, I just think about your message of, of being a dream mason, right? Building your dreams. Yes, let's focus on those dreams, but let's enjoy the creation of them, not just be so attached to the outcome of once they're reality. Yeah, and it's not, I think it's important to say it's like not easily said. It's it's easier said than done. And of course. It's, it's practice, like everything else, right? If we want to turn and do what you just described, which I think is, I've never heard anyone say that, the focus on the gap from where you've yeah. come. Cause if you and I did that right now, we'd both probably be like, Holy crap. We're amazing. Totally. I take the day off and just go lie on the beach and relax right. and enjoy all the hard work. Right. And I think most people listening to this, if they actually looked at like where they've come from, regardless mm -hmm. of where they are, right. You have to measure you against only you, not against you against me or, or Grant Cardone. Cause yes. if we do that, then for you sure. Know. But he had his own journey. And I think that if we actually do that, that in itself is a pretty cool conversation. Like, let's just for a second, like, where have you, if we flip it, because tell me, let's, let's actually do it both ways, because okay. I'm curious what it looks like. Yeah. So where are you and where do you want to be? And then let's do the where are you versus where you came from. Love it. Okay. So where, uh, where I want to be is I am committed to building a found, actually, the first time I talked about this was on our first podcast. You asked me about my dream mm -hmm. and people have always asked about goals, but very few have asked about my dream. And I remember sharing that I was committed to building um, a foundation called the Fearless Foundation 
that was designed to help students um, that wanted to pursue their dreams, their goals, uh, shift their relationship with fear so that it never stops them. And my goal was to impact one million lives because I knew if I could impact a million, that would have a ripple effect. When you change one person, you change their family. When you change their family, you change their community. When you change your community, you change their country and ultimately changes the world. So that's my vision um, of what I'm creating. What I'm doing now is I'm on the pursuit of that by impacting influencers specifically, coaches, speakers, authors. I feel like if I can impact an influencer, that has a ripple effect, right? So it's a way to leverage my impact. And yet it feels so far off, Alex, right, to that dream that I have. But let's go back five years ago. Five years ago, none of this existed. Five years ago, I was literally, I had just gotten fired from my job I lost my sole source of income overnight, and I was sleeping on a half-inflated air mattress on the floor of an empty apartment, not knowing how I was going to pay rent at the end of the month. Were you, you were a lot heavier too, right? I was, <laughs> yes, I was a lot I heavier. Remember, I just, I have that yeah. image because I've seen a yeah. picture of you. Yeah. I, uh, I, for, in my 20s, I worked in investment banking, which is a very demanding career, working 80, 90 hours a week. And I was making a lot of money, but I did it at the cost of my health and my relationships and everything. And I was just miserable. I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. Um, and in that moment, five years ago, I had a choice to make. Do I play it safe and let my fears control me and just tap my network and go find another job in financial services? Or do I pursue this dream of becoming a coach and building a coaching business? And I felt like an impossible, who was I? I had no experience, no expertise, no knowledge. Um, and I remember talking with certain people in my family who thought I was crazy, like literally crazy. You should be just go go get a job because that's what you should do. And that's what de deems you to be successful. Um, and I'm just super grateful for having a lot of courage and having a lot of ignorance, not knowing how challenging and how much work was requ required. Um, but to think about just five years ago, none of what I've been working on existed. And it's so easy for us, and I, I'm sure you can relate well, to you this. You wrote a book too. Yeah. So it's like, that's another, and sure. I even love in the conversation of what's happened, like we even forget the things that we've done, right? Like writing a book is a big deal. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a really that's right. Big deal. Yeah. Not just that you wrote it, but like it's published. People can buy it. Yep. It's not just like this thing in your, on your computer that no one sees. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I bet there's probably 20 other things that you've done, milestones you've hit in owning your own business. Yeah relationship for things. sure i'm engaged about to get married which is a huge goal yeah. i mean married you know engaged with a woman of my dreams um life there is amazing and pursuing these dreams while also maintaining like the quality of life and the balance but you know balance is a word that i think is overused and i don't necessarily believe that it's possible 100 percent of the time there are times when you purposefully go out of balance and you go all in on mm -hmm. business or you go all in on your health or your relationship um but yeah, there's so many things. And I just think about like, I think for you and I, it's, we talk a lot about this, right? You interview a lot of people. We're very focused on our dream and our goals. And for the person listening to this or for you watching this, um, I, I want you to just be okay, even if you don't know yet what your dream is, because 10 years ago, if we go back even further, I was, I was in investment banking, right? And I, I remember thinking 
that I had made it. I remember, you know, if you remember the movie like Wall Street or Boiler mm-hmm. Room or any of those movies sure. that glorified banking, yeah. uh, probably for the wrong reason, they advise <laughs> you not to get into it, but it motivated people people in their 20s to get into it. Um, I pursued that career, and there was one, I want to share this story, Alex, because I think it's super relevant. Um, I remember one night, and I, I don't believe we talked about this in our first episode. One night, I was working in my office at like 11 p.m. or midnight, and one of the, I was an analyst at an investment bank in Chicago. And one of the managing directors, the partner of the firm, was there too. And for analysts, it was normal to be in the office at midnight. But for a partner, you know, they would be done by six o'clock. Um, and I just got curious and I was wondering why he was in there week after week, day after day. And I remember one night at dinner, I asked him, Glenn, why are you here? You know, there's no pitch the next day, there's no big meeting. And he looked at me and he said, Peter, because I don't want to go home to my family because I've neglected them for so many years. Sucks. Yeah. And this was my mentor. This was who I was aspiring to become. And it was an incredible lesson because and blessing because it was a crystal ball into my future. It was literally what I was creating in my life. And so I didn't know in that moment what I wanted. I didn't have a dream, but I did know what I didn't want. And it was his life. And so if you're listening to this and you don't know exactly what your goal is or what your dream is, I would imagine that you may know what you don't want and what's not working. And I'm not inviting you to stay attached to that. You know, we want to always focus on what we want, not on what we don't want. However, it's important to be accept, you know, have some self-acceptance of where we're all at. So that's a huge tangent, (laughs) but I just wanted to share that. But it's true. I mean, I think, you know, I, 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 look, I'm a believer that if people say they don't know what they want, there's a, there's a lie going on. Now, I don't mean to know like an overt, like you're a liar and you're doing this on purpose. I think that when we say we don't know what we want, it's the way that our subconscious or our ego uh, keeps us distracted or masks us. So I think if you think you don't know what you want, what you need is somebody to powerfully help uncover it, which is just asking you a whole bunch of questions until we see what's in the way. Because I think everybody has a want and we it's kind of like we put a curtain and we just can't see it. And. We can't get the curtain removed by ourselves. We need somebody to ask us kind of some uncomfortable, tough questions, and then things become apparent. Um, but I think another good way to figure out what you want is sometimes through what you don't want, right? Yeah. If I know that I don't want to work in an office all mm-hmm. the time, well, there's some jobs that that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And now unless I want to reinvent a whole wheel, like the wheel, which a lot of people that's not what you're in for there's some things that if it's like hey i know i don't want to be inside all day well then okay now we know we want an outside job Mm -hmm. right it's sometimes it can be done in reverse yeah for sure Uh, i want to share because i don't think i've ever got to do this and i got super excited by this idea of the gap forward and back Mm -hmm. and i think i mean i really want people listening to this to do this with your own life because i'm like i'm watching you and it's like exciting to talk about and you get happy Mm -hmm. you know when i think about forward i get excited so the things I'm working on, obviously, we talked about getting to 100 episodes and then setting a new goal, which is scary because it's like, well, what is that going to be? Because it can't just be another 100. Yeah. It's got to it's got to stretch me a little more. I know I can do 100 now. Um, so with the podcast, it's really, I think, you know, like 10 xing the listenership mm-hmm. because I got to a pretty good place. There's people that message me, but it's really taking it to that next level, which I don't have any idea how to do and is scary because it feels like I fail constantly by not getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, I also am in the, I have this vision of creating media 
like Dream Mason Media, which is not only books, but like TV shows, reality shows about people that are wildly entertaining, but in a positive um, I want to say a growth manner, whereas like you're watching an artist or a musician and you're, it's a reality show maybe about them, Yes. but you're learn. but as a, as a consumer of it, you're, you're actually not dulling your brain. You're getting inspired. And it's, it's like, like I would love to watch Seth Godin. I would love to just follow Seth Godin around and see everything he does because yeah. it makes it feel, I feel like I get smarter. Yep. And I think that there's a ton of people out there that aren't shock and awe people that there is a, I mean, look at Brene Brown has a Netflix now, right? So it's proving that it is possible. So I'm currently working on something, but getting it to like one of these things get produced and made is, is one of my next big goals. Um, and then my books, uh, I, my first book is finished. It's getting edited and it, it, I'm declaring it'll be out by August, September. And then my second book is in the process of getting it to a pitch stage because I want it published by a major publisher yes. instead of doing the, the first one's going to be, I'm going to publish. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all like, those two are this year. Uh, now that all that is exciting to talk about, but if I really get into the nitty gritty of the day, I get beat down by it. Right. Yep. Um, and then I have my, my personal business, like my client practice. Um, and it's the same. I have huge goals there. I want less clients that are up to really big things that utilize me incredibly like like they 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 almost use me like a, a cut man in a corner of a boxing ring you know yep. um but i want to say on a regular basis this stuff beats me up i get sad about it because i'm not where i want to be yeah um but where i've come from i love that yours is five years because mine is about the same you know basically five years ago i was living in i don't remember if i was in a part I was in an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, or in Queens. I don't remember if I was at that time living by myself and had a girlfriend or I had, we had moved in together in a yep. place in Queens. Um, but I was working for an incredible company, but not happy doing it. Um, I would wake up every day and it was kind of like a rinse, wash, repeat. Groundhog day. Yeah. yeah. So wake up, go to the gym, lift a bunch of heavy weights, come back home, make some sort of protein shake, down it, walk to the subway, listen to some music on the subway, get to one of the restaurants that I was overseeing. I was overseeing a restaurant group. So get to one of the restaurants, figure out, find out all the problems that the restaurant had the day before, all the things that didn't get done, who quit, who walked out, all the nonsense. Then go get with the people who I was running it with, complain probably about (laughs) all the things that go wrong every day. And then either try to solve problems that were never, that were just going to be created again over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over over again, Mm -hmm. or find ways to check out, like go get coffee, take a walk, complain more. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like miserable, you know, like I drank too much. Mm -hmm. I ate too much. Um, I watched so much TV, so much. I think I would watch like if there was an NBA game on, I watched every single one. I was going to say Sports Center for me too. Yeah. Oh my God, sports <laughs> were like, and and you could think like it was something great, but it, it, and there's nothing wrong with sports. I love them, but for me, it was a complete and utter distraction. Yeah. I totally. didn't ever have to be with me in my life. Yep. And when I look at like where I am from there, I have a business that I have. I have seventy to eighty episodes of a podcast. Mm-hmm. Two 
two, one book and another one in the, you know, like hatching. Um, I've been on a whole bunch of radio shows. I've made, I hit my money goals in a lot of ways. Um, I live in San Diego. Like I used to talk about it, but I didn't think that was a real, that was really going to happen from when I was in New York. Um, and I also, I think more so than anything, the community around me, this is the biggest win. I used to always, I had people around, and I bet you can say the same thing. I always had cool people around me. Yeah. Cool yeah. being the optimal word. Yeah, totally. Fun and cool. Not always positive, not always uh, supportive in like what's really the best for you. Yeah. And now the people that surround me are unbelievably positive. They're, and it's not fake positive. Yeah. They're just always looking for that, right? Yep. They're people that are like, how do we bring each other up? How do we not let each other fall off? How do we stand for each other and what we said we wanted even when we feel like we don't want it anymore? Yep. Um, but people that are motivated from love more so than fear. That, Alex, I think was the single greatest amplifier of my quality of life was the people that I spent time with. And I don't say that to discount the people that were my closest friends 10 years ago or five years ago, right? It was just a different stage of life that you were in and I was in. And I'm such a believer in the idea that when you're in the environment, you become the environment. So if you're in the environment of going out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or sleeping in and then waking up and watching sports all day, because that's what your friends do, then we've all heard we're the average of the five people we spend most of our time with. And I remember moving out to San Diego, not knowing anyone like I, I did know one person. Um, and I packed up everything I owned in my SUV and I drove out here from Chicago and I didn't have a place to live. I had just invested a lot of money in a mentor, went to a mastermind in Laguna beach where I had all my possessions in this SUV and everyone was staying at this, you know, five-star resort on the, on the beach. Um, and I just cruised down to San Diego and I called my friend Tiamo and said, Hey Tiamo, I'm, I'm going to be in town for a few days. Could I stay at your place? Not telling him the truth that I had moved there and that I had all my possessions. (laughs) So I had so much insecurity and he ended up taking me in. I ended up living there for a month and being in San Diego, not knowing anyone allowed me to have a blank canvas and I became very selective on who I wanted to connect to, what the values were of these people, what their passions were, what the conversations were. And I can totally relate to what you're saying because it's so growth oriented. It's, it's about spirituality. It's about living your best life. It's about, you know, instead of watching sports, playing sports, like actually being on the field instead of being in the stands. Um, And for the person listening to this, uh, I invite you to get, like allow yourself to dream about the quality of relationships that you wanna have and friendships that you wanna have. Because the people that I surround myself with now, I aspire to become. And I felt like when I was wanting to make changes back you know, in my, kind of earlier life, when I said, listen, I'm not going to drink as much or I'm not going to do this as much, I got pullback and there was pressure and there was Mm -hmm. all those things. So it's kind of drawing that line in the sand, which it sounds like you did. And uh, it makes all the difference. I love that you said too, like the on the court versus in the stands. Yeah. Um, I think like when I want to actually give people that are listening the opportunity to, to do that right now yeah and i and i and i'm saying it like i seriously invite you to do what we just did 
whether it be to pause this and write it down yep. or to pause it and say it out loud or to put a time in your schedule, but actually take a look at, hey, where are you going? And it probably feels exciting to say, mm-hmm. but where have you come from? And write it down and then spend a little time when you get tomorrow, when you get beat up by whatever happens in life and you're yep. feeling crummy and look at how far you've come and try to use it as a practice. You know, we, a lot of us do gratitude. I just started one where I actually say what I'm proud of myself for. This is just another tool to get us present. Yes. Um, and it doesn't have us necessarily, it's not having us linger in the past. It's actually bringing us right up to where we are and like looking back and getting us grateful and, and, um, pride, prideful isn't the right word, but proud of ourselves. Um, so I would take it on the second piece that you said, which is the on the court piece that I would would be so cool if, if people did this. And I know a lot of us, like we read books and it gives us a practice and we just go to the next page. Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't change unless we actually do something different and take on practices. I would look at the on the court thing, right? You described like, it's great to watch sports, but playing sports is different. Yeah. And it's great to listen to a podcast or read a book on the, whatever it is you want, whether it's making more money or falling in love or mm-hmm. starting a business. But the on the court is taking the action of those things. So I'm going to throw this out there, but it's like, hey, pick one thing that you're not on the court with, that you're thinking about, talking about, watching and try it and like actually go do oh, it. I love that. I just, I, something came through me. I'm so sorry for interrupting, but I want to share this. Um, it's the paradigm of being a producer versus a consumer. We're taught by society to consume media to consume. And again, we're grateful you're consuming this by the way. (laughs) Um, but think about like, go create something with what you get from this, like like produce, like take what you're hearing here and apply it. And a lot of us sit on the sidelines and we'll say, okay, I think about when I was younger and I wanted a really amazing relationship. Was I out producing that connection and that love? No. Um, was I consuming information like watching romantic comedies? Well, maybe I wasn't, but you know what I mean? Like we consume so yeah. much more than we produce. And when it comes to business too, I think about the the coaches that I started with and some of them that have really taken off and some of them that have not, the ones that have not have just focused on consuming and learning and consuming and learning and haven't produced. And I think the the world shifts when we d- decide in a moment to start producing value in the world, producing uh, results in our body, producing connection and intimacy in our relationships. Like that's where the vision that we have and the dreams that we talk about becomes reality. Yeah. And there's a, and there's a, beautiful blend of both. I I only read with a pen. Like I won't read without a pen and I won't read like Kindle, like whatnot, which sometimes is inconvenient when you travel, right? I have to bring a couple books with me, but it's, I never, I don't actually never thought about it in the production, but the reason I do it is because as you read, you have your own thoughts, right? And I write all over the margins. And some of those things are things I want to do. Some of them are like ideas that I have. Some of them are, uh, me flushing it out, like whatever the author's talking about as a way to, for me to more deeply understand it. But I, my hope when I'm reading is that I take what I get and put it into something else, whether it's simply sharing it on Facebook yes. where people go, I would have never read that book and you just gave me some gold yeah. or bringing it into the work that I do with a client or into this podcast. Right. Like, yeah. And, and think about like that th- idea that I mentioned when you're in the environment, you become the environment. 
that wasn't something I came up with. I learned that from probably a book or from a podcast, but I took it and I produced it in this interview right now by sharing it with you and then sharing our perspective. So there's just, there's magic in that. And nothing's new. I think we get caught up in like, well, if I I got this from somewhere or like I stole this, everything is stolen from everyone (laughs) everywhere. Yep. And since the Bible and Shakespeare, basically, like the Bible and Shakespeare, whether you believe either one is real, Shakespeare (laughs) might not be real for all we know, but like they created everything. And there's a few other like old kind of books like that, that, but we all know that like everything was created from these original stories and everything's expanding. And I think the key is like, right, you might listen to or read a million books, but you don't know the book or the podcast or the medium that's actually going to be the one that clicks with that person who none of them clicked with. And you might be the person that your story clicks with somebody who's never been able to connect with someone else before. So true. Yeah. I want to, um, in, in service of time and, and in your time, I want to touch on before we, we wrap this up, um, the what we kind of started talking about, which is the fears and the doubts. Yep. But I really want to look at it from the lens of I want you to share what yours are, like yep. the things that come up in your head yep. that are really the obstacles. Yeah. And then what do you do? Like what do you actually do to to get through the day and get onto whatever you're trying to create yeah. and not have those things stop you? Love that. So my biggest fear right now is uh and it's been something that that's been with me for a while, but I've 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 grown more courageous towards it. And it's the fear of being consumed by my mission, being consumed by my purpose. I believe that my business is my purpose and I can work. It doesn't work, feel like work a lot of the time. Um, and there's a blessing to that, but there's also a hidden curse. And at times the curse, my fear is that uh, at the cost of that, I neglect my family or my health or the other things that are even more important to me. And so one of the exercises that I always do, and I actually learned this from Tim Ferriss, is to say that I created this is not true. Nothing's new, right? He I learned this from him. He probably didn't create it either. Yeah, he, he definitely didn't create it either. So it was a fear setting. I don't know if you remember hearing him talking about that. But many people have a fear and they run away from it. And I believe that fear is the only thing that gets smaller the more you actually run towards it. So instead of pretending like that fear is not there, what I do is I actually write that fear down on a piece of paper. And I go through an exercise of defining in detail what my worst case scenario, what the what the detailed nightmare is of what could happen. Because if we keep it in our head, then it just creates emotional blockages in our body and energy energetic blockages. When we put it to paper, it removes the emotional charge, even if we envision the worst case scenario. Then I simply ask myself, what could I do to prevent this fear from happening? Uh, and then what could I do if it does happen to repair it? And are there moments when my fiance feels like I prioritize business? Absolutely, there are moments like that. And so I do everything in my power to prevent that from happening. But when it happens, I know exactly what to do to repair it. And that makes my relationship with that fear so much less charged. Like I feel like it it controls me less and I'm at cause mm-hmm. instead of being a victim to it. So there's three steps. Yeah, you so write, one is def- the define the fear. Two is... Uh, write down what you could do to prevent that from happening. And there's always something that we can do. Mm -hmm. And then the third is if the worst case scenario happens, right? What could you do to repair it? And then the one last thing, Alex, that I do is I look at the cost of inaction. What's the cost of not creating Dream Mason Media, right? What, what's the cost? If you let five years, five more years, 10 more years, 20 more years of your finite life pass you by, what's the cost of doing nothing? 
And I believe that my my biggest fear, and again, this isn't a fear because I have the awareness of it, but would to reach the end of my life many years from now and to look back and have regret. That's, I think, the ultimate failure. Yeah. And so why not fail today over and over and over and over again? Because that's the only way you're going to actually build your dream is by failing and pursuing and, and missing and all of those things and then reach the end of our lives and look back and go, wow, that was an amazing life. I love that. That's it's such a I love tools that are like, hey, do these three steps. Tangible, yeah. <laughs> Anyone can do them. It's not like, you know, the things we asked people earlier, they're a little more abstract. I mean, yes, you can go do them, but there's like step one and they build off each other. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I've never heard of that. And I will totally do that because cool. I get scared of things and I don't know what to do with that yeah. fear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, the the obstacle that comes up is that I'm not is there's evidence that I'm not good enough to achieve things Mm -hmm. and that then I'm going to be, because I'm not good enough, I'll be a disappointment Mm -hmm. and all fear, right? -hmm. There's no actual truth. You can't show me disappointment. You can't show me not good enough. They don't exist in reality. And they're simply made up in my mind. They feel really real. Right? So, what I do, and I think that it's it's really great because you touched on, hey, at the end of my life, if I don't do these things because of those things, then I'm actually gonna be a disappointment. Totally. Like then that it still will be made up, right? But like if I'm 90 and now I'm probably not gonna have a podcast or create a media company, um, you know, those things are more unlikely at that point. Yep. I will genuinely be not only did I feel like a disappointment, I'll actually feel like I am one because I didn't do those things versus going like actually like getting me present to that. I didn't, this is not what I do, but you just got me present that like, Hey, like today, what are you going to do that actually prevents the thing later? Right. You don't go, you, you did a text the other day that I thought was brilliant. It was like, you don't go to the dentist when you get cavities, you go to the dentist because you're committed to good oral health. Yeah. Um, and I think we forget about that. Like I had somebody just recently say, oh, my life isn't settled. I'll, I want to work with you when my life is settled. <laughs> There's no settled. I don't yeah. know anyone with a settled life. Yeah. Like, but that That is like <laughs> saying, I'm going to wait for my cavities to get better before I go to the dentist. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm going to get thin and then I'm going to hire a personal trainer. Totally. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, I'm going to get rich and then I'm going to start yeah. a business. No. you. Yep. But so for me... I think I do practices like one of the things that I do is I write out all the thoughts in my head. Yes. So all, just all of them, good and bad. I write them all out on a piece of paper and then I look at them and and actually go, are these, is this real? Like kind of that idea of like, hey, disappointment's not real. Yep. And I, I get myself to check, like, are these things actually real things? Yep. And they're not because they're all in my head. Right. Even if I say somebody's like, well, if you're sick or if you're fat and I'm like, well, even those are perspective, right? Because if you're sick, you're not, you have a sickness. You, it doesn't make you a sick human totally. being. Yes. And if you're fat, well, compared to who? And you can lose weight. So it's not a permanent thing. Yeah. And so I, it's still an interpretation or a perspective. So I get myself present to that. And then usually it makes me laugh. Because totally, I'm like, yes. some of this stuff is like super... Like, I will write out, I am disgusting. And I'll be like, this is so silly. I'm clearly not disgusting. And then I try to kind of come up with a way to, 
like, who do I want to be today? You know, like, what's the, um, who do I want to be for my, for my clients and for people in the world? So, and, and that's kind of what it's like. I kind of pick like, Hey, when I go meet Peter, I want to be fun. I want to be playful. I want to create something that supports people. And then it gives me like a little intention or direction. Um, but I think that's kind of the thing that we both the touch on is like, Hey, the stuff isn't real. Yeah. So put it down, get clear that it's not real and then move forward really quickly. Easiest way to look at it is the distinction between facts and stories. A fact is what is a story is the meaning we make up about yeah. it. So to say that there's evidence of, of us not being enough, well, there's evidence that we missed that shot or there's evidence that that product launch didn't be yeah. successful, but that's not evidence that we're not enough, right? That's yeah. just the fact of what is cool. How can we stay focused on what we want? So Peter, thank you so much for creating this impromptu episode with me. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for being my first original guest for trusting me back in the day when I had nothing to show or to yeah. prove. Thanks for um, taking a circumstance that could have just been like, oh, this sucks. We wasted all this time and actually creating value out of it in, in co-creation with me. Thanks for your vulnerability, your honesty, your partnership um, and being committed to making people better in the world. Thank appreciate you, Alex. You. I appreciate your brother. Yeah. Yeah. This is thanks. awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. I am grateful to have you here. Please support me in this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube. And leave a review on iTunes. And share this podcast with a friend. If you want more, or you're ready to play a bigger game and create more clarity, freedom, and success in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at inspirationalalex. Or you can reach out to me at thedreammason.com or even email me at alex at thedreammason.com. Remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.